Well, we are so excited to be with you tonight in person. Wow. Yes, I know we say that every week, but when you go a year without seeing people face to face, it's amazing to see people face to face. So welcome. I'm Miata. This is Pastor Tiffany. Um, We are just so thankful that we go to a church that goes there right, that talks about the things that really matter, Um, things like mental health. Um, Yeah, because God cares about our mental health. It isn't something that is far away from him. You know what I love um, is that because of the impact of the fall and sin, we live in a broken world, and that broken world impacts all the way down to even our minds and our bodies, but we have a God who is on a redemption mission to redeem not only our souls, but our bodies and our wholeness and our wellness as well. And it's not just for something that's going to come at the end. He has wholeness and healing and freedom for us right now because of the cross. Amen? Amen. So I asked Pastor Tiffany to join me tonight because I really felt like um, I wanted to have a real, a real conversation, to have a real talk. Like if I could meet with each of you guys in a coffee shop and look at you across the table face to face and hear your story and you hear mine, and we kind of talk about our experiences with fear, it's a common thing to all of us. Maybe you haven't dealt with some of the big things that we think about mental health, right? Maybe depression or anxiety, but all of us have battled with fear in some way or another. And so if I could sit across the table from you and talk to you about my experiences and hear about your experiences, but also talk about what it means to fight well, I would. And this is kind of our version of that, if we could do it face-to-face. So um, do you guys remember a show on MTV called True Life? I might might be dating myself. Wow. (laughs) Um, We've entitled this sermon tonight, True Life, I'm a Christian Who Battles With Fear. It's not something far off. I know we've heard um, you're not less of a Christian if you you battle with fear. You're not less faithful if you battle with fear. In fact, if you're still battling, amen. You're in the battle. You're in the fight. You're in the the good fight of faith. faith. Um, So, yeah, praise God. Um, But before we start, I actually want to pray for us tonight. I know we've experienced the power of God through worship. We've experienced the power of God through um, a transition and, and... that powerful encouragement through the word of God about the woman who was desperate for God to touch her life. And I just want to invite the spirit of God in this room this morning, um, this evening. Wow. What time is it? (laughs) Can we stand to our feet really quick um, and just stretch your hands if you feel comfortable? It's not anything super weird or it's just as kids, we're reaching our hands up to God and um, for his attention, asking to come up to where he is. So, Father, we thank you for this night. God, we thank you that um, you are our God. You are God with us. You are Emmanuel. Lord, I thank you that when you put on flesh, you experienced what we experienced. And yet you did it sinless so that you could um, bridge the gap for us, so that you could be our propitiation, God, so that you could be our redemption, so that you could um, bring us wholeness and freedom, God, that we could experience that now because of you. So we are asking you, God, we are desperate, like Pastor Stephen said, we are desperate for a touch from you tonight. We want to hear your voice. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this room. We remove anything 
blockage in our hearts and our minds that might keep your voice from speaking to us. And we ask that you speak clearly to us tonight. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. So we've all experienced global fear, right? We are, we're actually, we're still coming out of a year that's unprecedented. We've experienced an unnatural situation and have, we're forced to deal with it in unnatural ways by isolating, not being close to, so, we've had to social distance. We haven't seen our families and our friends. Um, and that has had a major impact on us mentally and emotionally in ways that we probably are still understanding for ourselves. Is that true of you guys? Yeah, I know it's true for myself. Um, but for me, I remember at the height of quarantine, um, when we didn't really know what was happening with the disease, like we didn't know about the symptoms. Um, and it was the moment where it was like, you had to quarantine for 14 days. So I was exposed to someone and I had to quarantine for 14 days, ended up being 21 before I left my house. Um, but I remember when it was, my quarantine was over and it was about time for me to leave my house. I was terrified. Like it didn't make any sense why I was terrified. I was terrified of the outside going out, breathing the air outside of my house. <laughs> um, and I remember I had to come out cause I have, I have a job to do. Thank God for our jobs and our works. Um, and when I came into this building, actually I met Brian Schweppe in the lobby. God, by his grace, sent Brian Schweppe to meet me in the lobby. And he asked me how I was doing. And you know, we all answer, yeah, I'm good, I'm great. If you're Christian, is blessed and highly favored. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Brian Schweppe... Some of was, you said that tonight to somebody, <laughs> and it was a lie. But anyway, so we'll good. move along. Thank you, <laughs> blessings. Um, but Brian Schweppe was like, no, no, no. How are you really doing? Um, and I told him, I was like, I am scared. Like, I actually am scared that I left my house to come here. I'm actually scared that I'm talking to you face-to-face -face with a mask on. Um, and I love Brian Shepard because he's part of our prayer ministers here. But he just laid hands on me, and he said, I break the spirit of fear that is terrorizing you and trying to keep you bound from what you were called to be and where you called to, to do, like, Who's scared of the outside world? <laughs> like literally going outside of my doorpost, scared. Um, and I just remember like the power of God came in that moment. And it was almost like I woke up and was like, yeah, why, why am I afraid to leave my house? It's, it's crazy. But that is the spirit of fear that can grip us. And we don't even realize we're underneath that spirit until God awakens us in some way. So we pray that tonight is kind of that that moment of awakening. Um, but yeah, so we want to encourage you tonight. We want to speak life over you. We want to speak healing over you. Um, and just li listen to me clearly. The enemy wants to keep you bound to in fear. Why? Because what does a bound up and powerless Christian do? Nothing. The enemy loves that. He loves a bound up and powerless Christian because they don't impact his kingdom. They don't move the kingdom of God forward. Yes. He wants you to come to church yes. and sing great songs and listen to powerful sermons from Pastor Jim and Pastor June and, and Pastor Brett and go home and be tormented right. and paralyzed with fear. And, be and, and even more so, be ashamed that you battle with fear and not ever cry out and ask for help. Because what might it, you know, the, the stigma, what might it look like? So you silently suffer and believe that you are 
that this is the way it'll always be. But we've come tonight to just declare by the spirit of God that there is a better life for you, that the spirit of fear has no more power. We declare that God has come to give you life and life more abundantly, that this isn't just the way that you're supposed to live for the rest of your life. No, it's not. He's come to give you life and life more abundantly and that there is freedom beyond this, this fear that you're feeling. Anyways, I'm yeah. getting hype. I'm getting hype. <laughs> Are you guys uh, ready to go <laughs> in tonight? You yeah. know, I, as she was talking, I was thinking about this. Like so many, so much, so many of us get bound up with shame concerning mental health, yeah. concerning fear, concerning the things that we're fighting, and um, you know, we don't think about it as a like a physical thing in our body. We think of it like as if like I have control. And for those of you that battle with anxiety, depression, fear, bipolar, that kind of stuff, there's no shame surrounding that. We hope that, you know, if you're struggling on that level that you would go see a mental health professional in the same way that if you were having high blood pressure issues, you would get on blood pressure medication and you wouldn't be ashamed of that. And if you had diabetes, you would go to the doctor and take medicine and you would get insulin and you wouldn't be ashamed of that. And so we just want to uncover, we want to pull the covers off of the shame surrounding this. If you know that you're battling and you've never told anyone, tonight's the night that you can tell someone. And tonight's the night that you can really start to get free in the spirit and in the physical realm. And so tonight, the things that we're talking about is the spirit of fear. You can't fight a spirit without the Holy Spirit. Right. Okay. We're not fighting a spirit with medicine. We're fighting chemical imbalances with medicine and we're fighting the spirit of fear with the Holy ghost. And so we're going to do both and, and we are proponents of that. So let's give it up. Come on. Let's uncover (laughs) shame tonight. Shame off you. Shame off you in the name of Jesus. Um, yeah, so the Bible talks about the fighting, the good fight of faith, right? And Miata already alluded to it. If you're fighting, if you're battling with fear, like I am, if you're battling with fear, like Miata is, then welcome to the club. You're part of the, you're part of the victorious ones who are still fighting because if you are not fighting the battle with fear, that means you've lost. Let me say that again. If you're not fighting the battle with fear, then you've lost. If you're still fighting, then there's hope for you. This fight is the good fight of faith. The Bible calls it, says fight the good fight of faith. And so we want to encourage you tonight that that's what we're inviting you to join us in is the fight, the good fight of faith against fear. Amen. Amen. And our anchor scripture tonight is from 2 Timothy 1.7, which if you know it, say it with me. God has not given us... A spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. Um, What I love about that scripture is that Paul, Timothy's spiritual father, is speaking directly to him. Timothy is fighting fear, and fear has gripped him so bad that he wants to quit his calling. And so his dad steps in and says... No, you, that, that spirit that you're feeling is not your own made up self. It's not because you're too young. It's a spirit of fear that's coming to attack and keep you from your calling. And so how do you fight that? You fight that. What I love is that Paul gives us an antidote for it right there in that scripture. How do you fight fear through power, love, and a sound mind? And so tonight 
we're just going to talk about those three things um, and give some practical tools about how to wield that power, love, and sound mind as you battle fear. Good. And just to make sure that we touch on this again, we're talking about the spirit of fear. There are different kinds of fear. There's the fear of God. That's a good kind of fear. There's a fear that you have that leads to wisdom. Like if you're walking past an alley and you start to feel a feeling, that's probably God saying, don't go down that dark alley. That's good. We're talking about the spirit of fear, the the spirit that comes from the enemy that actually wants to grip you and keep you from doing what you've been called to do. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? Were you going to say something? (laughs) I was going to say something. Um, Yeah, the spirit of fear that paralyzes you um, and keeps you from living in freedom. That's the spirit of fear that we're talking about. And you know the one that we're talking about, the one that just is like you you don't want to leave your house because you're afraid you don't, you, I heard the story of this woman that said she, she drove to her house. She, well, she, first of all, she woke up every morning terrified that her husband was going to get raptured and she wasn't that like, that's the spirit of fear that taunts you and keeps you up at night. The spirit of fear, when you roll up to your house and nobody's in your house and you think there's a robber in there and you can't go in, you can't leave your car. That's the type of spirit of fear that keeps you from actually living. Um, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. So What I love about the first part, which is power, the authority that we have through Christ to cast things out. Um, In Colossians 1.13, it says, for he has rescued us and has drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that lives in you. Amen. The same power that raised Christ from the dead now resides in you. And that power is the authority that you have to say no to fear, to say, no, you can't come here anymore. This is no longer your property. Um, I love in Romans eight ten it says, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if yes. the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit. Um, who lives in you because by the, by his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will also raise us. I love it. I love that. So, 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 so much. I think that, um, you know, this idea of having authority, this idea of having, um, power, this idea of taking up an authority that's already on the inside of us is sometimes we we're like, wait a minute, what? I don't understand. And I was thinking about this as Miata and I were talking. There's no junior Holy Spirit. Right. You either have the Holy Spirit or you don't. There's no elementary 101 Holy Ghost. Right. Okay? And in the same way, on the opposite side, there's no elementary junior spirit of fear. It's the spirit of fear. It comes against your two-year-old. It comes against the 90-year-old comes against the 50 year old. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been walking with Christ. It's the same old nasty spirit of fear. And when we don't take up the power that God has given us on the inside of us and actually use it against the spirit of fear, then what it does is it starts to take hold a foothold in the Bible. It talks about a foothold. It's basically like a bigger footprint. And the more you let him come, 
the more that he'll come. And I remember, uh, I remember when Taya, my daughter, she's, she's going to turn five this summer and start kindergarten. But when she was two years old, she woke up in the middle of the night screaming and it was a scream of terror. And she was screaming saying, she said, mommy, Halloween is in my room. Now, her little two-year-old self, the only way she knew how to describe evil or the presence of fear was Halloween because she was scared of all the Halloween stuff that you see out there around Halloween. And she said, I'm, Halloween is in my room, and she's terrified. And I'll tell you, as a parent and as somebody who I understand my authority, it scared me because I'm like, oh, snap. How? How sweat? Like, she's two years old, and she's recognizing this spirit that has come into my house. And at first I was like, oh no, what do I do? And uh, I was praying in tongues on my way to her room. And I'm like, oh, I know what I, I know. I'm gonna take up my authority right now. And not even really, um, I'm like, Lord, I'm gonna take up my authority and I don't know how this is gonna go, but we're gonna try it right now <laughs> with my two-year-old. <clears throat> so I walk into the room, I didn't, you know, when my kids were younger, I might've turned on the light and said, see, there's nobody in the room. Come on, let's go back to sleep. But I left the lights off and I said, where is Halloween? She said, he's right there. And I said, Halloween can't live here because Jesus does. And so we're going to tell Halloween where he has to go. And she was like, so I sat on the floor. She's in my lap. I start praying in tongues. I was mad. I was like, how dare you come and taunt my daughter, my two-year-old. She's helpless, and I start praying. Taya kind of like looks up at me, like she she thinks I'm like yelling at her or something. She's like tears. I said, "No, no, no, baby, I'm praying. I'm telling Halloween." She's like, "Okay," and I started telling Halloween in the name of Jesus. You leave this room. You leave this house. How dare you come and trespass on ground that does not belong to you? I cast you out in the name of Jesus. You don't pay rent here. You have to go. And. Then I just kept praying in tongues, and then Taya looked up at me, and she said, Mommy, Halloween went bye-bye. And I said, yes, he did. Sure well, did. yes, he did. And I said, anytime Halloween comes in the nighttime, you tell Halloween, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. Mm-hmm. Funny story, two months later, we woke up in the morning to a black snake in our entryway inside of our house. Yeah, it was pretty gross. And the snake is a... Uh, it's a big scene and my husband's trying to kill it and there's blood on it. it's bad. And Taya comes out of her room and she says, I rebuke you in Jesus name. You go right now. You do not come in this house. And I'm like, yes, it worked. Hello. It worked. Hello. So I want to encourage you. Like when you take up your authority and you teach the next generation, they won't be taunted the way that we are. They'll be, they'll know how to use their power at a young age and that's how you change generational cycles. Right. But how the thing that I love about that story is that she had to know she had authority to wield it. So the only way you have to know too many of us are unbelieving believers. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Too say it again. many of us are unbelieving believers. If I truly 1000% believe that I've been redeemed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom Woo! of life and that I am a child and a co-heir with Christ, I, the enemy, I'm no longer your property. So if you trespass, that means you're trespassing. You don't have the keys anymore. He does. Woo! And who's bigger than you? Who's bigger than the enemy? God, because he created him. 
So goodbye. Bye-bye. You, uh, you know, so I'm like, I think we have to, this is the importance of why Pastor Brett says, read your Bible every single day. It's not just because it's like a good discipline. It's because it's life and death for us. We have to know. How can you know if you've never read? How can you know if you don't know his voice? How can you tell the difference between his voice and the enemy's voice if you don't know his voice? How do you know his voice? It's because you've read his word. How do you know what he's saying? That that what is the enemy saying versus what God is saying? How do you know the difference if you don't know what God is saying? So that's the power in knowing your authority in Christ. It's not just authority, but it's knowing your identity in Christ and what that identity gives you access to, which is authority. Yeah. You know, in the state of Virginia, there's this law, it's called the squatters law. I don't know if you guys know about it. Um, but in the state of Virginia, if you are a squatter and you occupy a residence that doesn't belong to you, like an abandoned house, and you're there consistently living there for 15 years, nobody comes and claims that property, then it legally belongs to you. And sometimes the enemy, he comes and he squats on property that doesn't belong to him, and we allow it. And after a certain number of years, he has legal authority to reside there and in your children and in your children's children and in your children's children's children. And here we are all these generations later going, why am I so like, why am I such a slave to fear? Well, it's because the generations before you did not take up their authority. They didn't take back. They didn't evict fear. And tonight I want to encourage you, like, before we go on, as we're talking and the Holy Spirit is bringing things up, write it down, write it down, because we're going to have a time at the end of this where we drive and cast that thing out for good. Amen. Amen. And this is biblical. Like, think about the children of Israel, right? Um, God brings them out of Egypt and he brings them into the promised land. They did not do all that he told them to do, right? They kept some people, some people groups in the promised land, that generations later, they would have to battle, that they would have to feel the effects of. So what we're saying is not just something that we've made up, but it's biblical. God told them, kick out every single tribe that is in this promised land because they're squatters. I've given it to you. They didn't listen. They didn't do what he said. So generations later, their children's children's children had to deal with the effects of their disobedience. Yeah. I mean, you're so powerful, though. You've, you've never dealt with. You've never had to use, like, your authority ever, right? Like, you've always just succumbed to fear. Or you've used it. Tell us about a time. Okay, yes. Um, so, I mean, yeah. I have lots of stories. <laughs> this is a battle that I, I faced. But one in particular that I want to share is that it was right before... Um, I was supposed to lead campus conference where I was going to lead worship for our, our student conference. Um, and the night before like the big night when all of the worship leaders come in and I kind of lead that moment, um, I had a night terror. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have ever had a night terror where you, you don't know if you're asleep or if you're awake because it feels so real. Um, and I just felt like I was being suffocated. Like I could not speak. Um, I couldn't yell out. The only thing I could do was speak in tongues in my spirit. And so once I, um, woke up, kind of came to, I used my weapon, 
my, my sword that's the sharpest and it's worship. Um, and in that moment I was kind of spooked. I was, I was really shaken up and I was like, you know, if I can't worship, I, I don't feel like I can worship for myself. I'm going to turn on worship. And this is a very, very practical tool that you can take as well. If you don't feel like you have the strength in yourself, that's why we have small groups. That's why we have um, disciplers. You need to call your small group leader and say, can you pray with me on the phone? You need to turn on worship. I turned on my favorite, Carrie Jo, because she knows the Lord and the Lord knows her. And she will declare some things (laughs) into the atmosphere um, and break some chains. And I just remember just being shook, like whoa, what is happening? And hindsight, of course, is twenty twenty. But um, what I realize now is that I was on the precipice of one of the biggest things in my life at the time, right? I was about to be right dead center in the middle of what God called me to do and to be. And the enemy wanted to stop me at any cost. And that involved a night terror. And so I determined in my, in my heart and my mind, one, that I was going to continue to worship. So I got up the next day bright and early and I said, okay, you, you, you want to scare people. <laughs> Great. We are going to worship. I prayed. I've called all of my friends on the phone. I was like, I need you to pray for like three days straight. All the prayer warriors, we need to pray. And we saw breakthrough like yeah. we never saw um, for the first time in our campus ministry. And I just want to remind you, sometimes when you're experiencing these um, level of the spirit of fear and night terrors, it's because the enemy wants to scare you out of doing what God has called you to do. By any means, he wants to, he wants to, he's a bully. <laughs> the enemy is a bully and fear is a, a big old bully. And it just wants to make you cower and back down from who and what God has called you to do and be. Yeah, That's good. So ask yourself, what's the, what, where, what area has the enemy squatted in my life that he needs to be evicted? Ask that. So ask yourself that question. I think it's so important that we stop and say, are there, that we constantly are checking, like, is there anything, God, that has slipped, that has come in that I don't even know about? It's good for you to ask yourself that question. Yeah, it's really good for you to ask that question. And sometimes, um, like I alluded to before, it's easy. It's not easy to use your authority when we don't know who we are in Christ. And so it's important that we anchor our identity to the love of Jesus, which is number two of what Paul says. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you power, love, and a sound mind. And the love of Jesus is what transforms our identity. And that's when we are able to use our authority because it's connected to our identity in Christ. I remember when I was um, 12 years old, I had my first panic attack. And if you've ever had a panic attack, it's like full on body. I, you can't breathe. Um, you just don't know where you are. You don't know what time it is. It's, it's insane. Um, the last time I had a panic attack, I was 15 years old. Um, and it was right before I got baptized by water, which you're about to get baptized tonight. Hello. Um, And I remember after that moment, I went to the bathroom and I was drying off and I looked in the mirror and I did not recognize who I saw in the mirror. God had transformed instantly in that moment who I was, who I saw my, like, I literally didn't, I went back home and I was like, I don't, mommy, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I don't know who this girl is that's looking back at her. God was doing a new work, a new thing. We are called new creations in, in Christ Jesus 
the old has passed away and the new has come in the name of Jesus. And that new identity is one that's um, entrenched with the identity of Christ. And so you don't have to live in that those things that are holding you hostage when you have come to the knowledge of Christ and your identity is rooted in him. Um, another story that I just heard that just reminded me of that is this, um, on Instagram. I love Instagram, which is terrible, but there's this lady named, uh, Sherea Calabrasis and she was just talking about her son. Her son has locks. And so if you know anything about, um, growing locks, you know that if anything gets caught in it, you have to cut it off you have to cut off all your hair in order to, to get it. So her son, um, had gotten some rocks or something in it and they couldn't get it out by just washing it. And so she was like, honey, I have to cut all your locks off. And her son is like losing his mind. He's like, mommy, I am, I am my hair. And she was, and she was like, she was like, wait, what is, wait a second. And she had to tell him, you are not your hair. It's an expression of you, but it is not your identity. And I think so many times we, our identity is so linked with fear. We don't even know who we are. And it's not until the love of God, um, washes over us that, and reveals who he actually made from what we've been conditioned to behave like because of fear. I think practically, like, if you struggle with receiving the love of Christ or practically if you, you know, feel like God has left you or if you feel alone or if you feel abandoned or if you feel any of those things where your identity has kind of been shaken, I want to invite you in your own personal time when you're with Jesus, it's just you and him, to, in the quiet space, um, ask the Lord to remind you of the first time when you felt unloved in your life. Ask God to bring it back to your remembrance. Sometimes the pain of our past and the trauma that we experience is so hurtful that we want to pretend like it didn't happen. But at that place is where God begins his best work. And I want to encourage you in the quiet space, ask the Lord to bring that back to your remembrance. And in that space, ask the Lord, invite his love in. Ask the Lord to redeem that moment going forward because I believe that when that happens, the power of God shines into the darkness and it's brought into the light and anything that's in the light cannot, it has, anything that's evil can't live in the light. It's like roaches. When you turn the light on, they They're scatter. They scatter. <laughs> First John 4 says, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment, and the one who fears is not made in perfect love. Um, And what I love about that is I've done this, what Pastor Tiffany is saying, in my own life. And I've looked at my life, and I said, okay, Lord, where have I agreed with a lie and not your love? Ask yourself that. Where have I agreed with a lie in this place and not the love of God? Because the love of God calls me the beloved. The love of God calls me accepted. The love of God says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And if there's something else that's coming up and birthing itself, fruiting itself, where have I agreed with the lie of the enemy that says I'm not accepted, that I'm not fearfully and wonderfully made because that's not love. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And once you've done that work and sometimes it's scary, but do it scared. You've heard the term, do it scared. It's not a Bible verse, but it's biblical. There's so many times throughout the Bible where our heroes of the faith did it in the fear, in, in the face of fear. 
The Bible says, in hope, against hope, Abraham believed. Yeah. Amen? And so I want to encourage you, like, fear, hope, love, these are the things that remain. And the greatest of, uh, faith, I'm sorry, faith, hope. not fear, <laughs> faith, hope, love. The greatest of these is love. When you are rooted in the love of Jesus and know your identity, you can pick up your authority. You can walk in the power of God and you can have a sound mind. You can have a mind that is recalibrated. You can have a daily transforming, renewing of your mind. I love Romans 12 too. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you can prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and it's perfect. And that's why it's so important for us when we talk about having a sound mind to take every single thought that comes that is not like Christ, to take it captive, to throw it in prison, and to tell it, uh-uh, you're going away and I'm locking you. You got a life sentence. You cannot come back and bother me. And I love Pastor Janelle used to say, you can't control the birds that fly over your head, but you can control what nests. And I love that. And so and Pastor June last week, I love yeah. this visual that he gave us, which is the, a bouncer. I, I know we all like to pretend like we've never been to the club, but, <laughs> um, you know, the bouncer at the door who's checking IDs and asking you for your money before you, ex you come yeah. into this club. I love that visual because sometimes we, we, we say these scriptures over and over and over again, but they kind of lose their meaning and lose their power and lose their visual. And so that visual for me was so present because it's like every single thought you need to check its ID. You need to ask it, who, who sent you here? What's your name? Where did you come from? Um, and you don't have any money to get in here. So goodbye. You're not on the guest. You're list. not on the guest list. Not tonight. Only faith, hope, and love are welcome here. Now we're talking to you guys like, you know, this is what you need to do. It's really easy. It's not that easy. It's not that easy to walk it out. And like we said at the beginning, we battle, we battle too. Like, I'm going to talk to you again about my, my, my four-year-old. After I had her, I experienced serious postpartum anxiety, like fear, gripping, like gripping me. And I had never, I was that girl who was like, just pray, cast the devil out, and anxiety will leave. <laughs> and I learned in that moment, sometimes it's not that easy. Sometimes, like, I just have so much compassion if you're battling with anxiety. Like, I have so much compassion. I remember I was at the doctor every two weeks for a new pain, a new problem, a new something. Finally, my doctor was like, Tiffany, are you, could, could this be anxiety? I'm like, uh, maybe. And I remember after having that conversation with her, it like, it like a lightning bolt went through me. And I was like, wait a minute. I didn't even know that that's what it was. And I've not been wielding my weapon of warfare. Like I've not even known that that's what was happening. So I didn't really know how to like fight necessarily. And she was like, maybe we should explore medication. I'm like, yeah, maybe we should like, let's talk about it. And I remember the next Sunday I came to church, standing on this stage, leading worship. And I started feeling this terrible pain in my, in my right side, like in my lung. I mean, it was like someone was taking a spear and just stabbing me. And I'd never felt that pain before. And my mind goes, Oh Lord, I have, I have lung cancer. WebMD. I've, I've got lung cancer. <laughs> it's a sharp pain. It's not I'm going away. Die. I I can't breathe. Like this is bad. I'm going to die. 
Like I'm having this conversation in my mind while I'm leading worship, singing, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Lord, I'm going to die. Holy, holy. I can't breathe. Is the Lord God. Oh, Jesus help. I'm having this moment. And the Holy spirit says to me, I'm giving you a burden for somebody in the room who is struggling with real illness. And I want you to stop for a minute and, and pray over it. And I was like, wait, what? That sounds crazy. And I stopped. That was the first time ever um, that I said, if there's anybody in the room who is having a problem in their right side, you just have excruciating pain. God wants to heal you. I was like, lift your hand if that's you. I said, lift your hand because I want a confirmation that that, <laughs> that God was really speaking. And four or five people lift their hand. And I was like, Whoa, this is cool. After I prayed, the pain went away. Same thing. The doctor tells me, Hey, you know, you're 40. It's time for you to go get your, you know, woman, your mammogram. Here I am sitting in the doctor's office worried. I'm like, Oh, I have breast cancer. Oh Jesus. They're going to tell me I have breast cancer. I've never, you know, had to do this before. I'm sitting in there across from me is a woman who has no hair. Who, who actually does have breast cancer, who's coming back to see, did it, did it go away? She tells me her son has been, her son just died, two-year battle with lung cancer. She's broken and destitute, and I'm over here on the other side of the space getting a routine mammogram. There's nothing wrong with me, and I'm like, I'm, gonna, I'm so concerned about myself that I can't minister to the, to the person that's sitting across space for me. And you know what haunts me today is when I wonder, I wonder what happened to that lady. I wonder if she knew Jesus. When we get so consumed and so, so distracted by the enemy, we can't have, we can't stay sound in our mind. The enemy will have us fear something that isn't even a thing. If he can't get you with the thing, he'll get you with the fear of the thing. And I love how Christine Kane says it. She says, cancer can't kill me. COVID can't kill me. A car accident can't kill me. Life is going to kill me. One out of one who was born die. One day I'm going to die. And one day Jesus is going to crack the sky and he's going to come back for his people. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And I'm going to live with him in heaven. And that is my ultimate destination. And when we start to have the revelation of that in our life, it's like, wait, hold on a second. Why am I fearing something that doesn't even, I just want to encourage you. That soundness of mind is so important that you take captive the thoughts that haunt you and that you submit them to the Lordship of Jesus so that you can be his hands and feet. That's what he's called us to do, to be his hands and feet in the earth, you know? Yeah. And that scripture says, make it obedient to Christ. So you take those thoughts and you make it obedient to Christ. And how, how do you do that? By the transforming, by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 1 says, um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. For a lot of us, fear is the loudest thing in our mind because it shouts, because it's a bully. Yeah. And the voice of God is not going to compete with the noise in our life. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we have to get quiet enough to hear his voice. And if you're quiet enough to hear his voice, that means he's close. And I love what pastor Mark told us before the scripture. He said he was praying and God said, you and me are the majority. So you can face any battle, but how do you know that you're majority if you can't hear him and you don't, and fear is shouting at you that you're alone. You'll never make it. 
That's not true. It's a lie. Yeah. It's a lie from the enemy. It's a lie from the enemy because you and God are the majority. And he loses every single time. Like Pastor Danelle always used to say, I read the end of the book. <laughs> I know how it ends. I know how it ends. Like it's a fixed fight. I, I like those types of odds yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's like, I'm going to win. So I'm just here perfunctory. Yeah. But like, um, it's a fixed fight. It's We're going to win. If, yeah. you, it's, if it's you and God, you are the majority. So we need to um, renew our mind. Like read your Bible every single day so that the loudest voice in your head is not fear. It's yeah. God's voice. Yeah. The loudest voice in your head is not your own voice. Pastor June talked about that last week, about the three voices, right? There's the voice of the ac- accuser, maybe outside people. There's Then it becomes your own voice track that's yeah. speaking um, negativity over yourself. But you have to replace that voice track with the voice track yeah, of yeah, the yeah. word of God yes. Yes. that speaks a better word over you. That's It's so important. This, what we're ta- this stuff that we're talking to you guys about is life and death. It's generation cha- generations will be changed after you if you rise up and do this. I remember 25, 25 years ago, 24 years ago, when as a single mom, I, I, I was going, God, I don't know how this is going to work out. But I know one thing. If I stay with my baby daddy, who I wasn't married to, but I knew enough to know if I stay with him, they will be like him. If I stay here, they will become something other than what you've designed for them to be. So I got to surrender to you and walk out into the unknown. And it's scary. And it was the scariest thing, the hardest decision I've ever made in my life to become broke with no money, no job know nothing, and have these two babies to raise. But if anybody in this room knows Jasmine Baker, you know that the decision that I made 25 years ago is a decision that leads to righteousness because she would not be who she is today had I not made a decision. And I want to encourage you tonight, if there's something in your life, if there's somewhere in your life that you know fear has been creeping in, it's been squatting, there's an area tonight where you know generationally you've been dealing with something it's the spirit of fear that you know has been present I want to invite you tonight to cast it out so wherever you are if you're in this room if you're online you too if you're watching this later this moment is ordained by God for you and so I want I want us to if if you say like like Miata and I are saying tonight We want to continue to fight this battle, but we want to win. And we want to see the spirit of fear cast out. If that's you, come on, we're standing on our feet tonight. If that's you, I want you to stand. Mm -hmm. And it's not just for you, but it's for all those after you. I remember when I did this moment, I said, it's going to end with me. This thing, whatever it is, and you can fill in the blank, it's going to end with me and it's not going to go past me. There's not going to be another generation that's going to have to face this thing. You know, as we drive down 28, right, it's changed completely. The next generations that are going to come up have no idea about the 28 that we drove down, that we did, right? They're only going to know these new exits that we all get lost in. But that's the same thing spiritually, right? 
We want to make sure that the 28 that our children and our children's children, children, children drive down no longer looks like the 28 we drove down. It's no longer bound up by fear. It's no longer bound up by... by pain and loss and this kind of cyclical thing that yeah. the enemy tries to keep you in, you can say, no, it ends, it ends with me in Jesus' name. Yeah, you yeah. can say that tonight. And we've gone over our time, but I believe God wants to do something special in this room. So would you do it? We're going to pray this prayer together. Can we put it on the screen? We're just going to pray this out loud and ask the Spirit of God to come and do this in our life. So let's pray this. Let's read this prayer and pray it in our hearts together. Yeah. Ready? One, two, three. Lord. I repent repent for any way I have unknowingly allowed the spirit of fear to take up residence in my life. I come out of agreement with the spirit of fear and all of its cousins. I ask you, God, to come fill me with your perfect love that casts out all fear. And in Jesus' name, I say you no longer have a foothold in my life. Thank you, God.